Okay, look, I need to let you know that this show does come really close to a few lines, but there's no danger. I'm priming your intellectual curiosity right now. <laughs> Have a great time! Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Hey, welcome everyone out there, and welcome to a new show from me, Patty Payette. And Brian Barnes, me. And we have been bringing critical thinking at you now for four years, maybe? Look out! Look out. We hope you are catching it with both hands. And not your face. Although, maybe that's where you need to catch this stuff. Goes directly into your head. Goes right in there. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, we are the uh, Critical Thinking for Everyone team, and uh, we want to thank you for your support of Forward Radio. And if you want to know more about Forward Radio, you can go to forwardradio.org and you could learn about all kinds of things like how to donate, like how to start your own show, like how to be on the board of directors. How to get involved and see the different shows that we have. Oh, for sure. We've got a really tricky schedule there. It's color-coded. Yeah. So, like, you could even get a tattoo of it. Right. Yeah, it would be be good that way. (laughs) You could also go to the website and then find out how you can access all the podcasts of prior of different shows not just of this one but other shows on forward radio oh yeah oh yeah because there are um you know all kinds of things to support at forward radio and uh it is community treasure. I mean, we've got a lot of people who are starting to really turn on and tune into this business, and uh, we hope that you'll support the local media along with them and along with uh, with us. Yes, and um, Brian and I have um, some assumptions that guide our show. Yep. And one of the assumptions is that critical thinking doesn't need to be some crazy, academic, obscure, esoteric playland. It can actually actually be tools that help you with your everyday thinking. However, if you're involved in reading my recent book chapter on critical thinking, yes, it can be obscure academic playland stuff <laughs> on purpose. No, it just just ends up being that way because when you talk about a lot of critical thinking in a really small space, when you kind of pack it all together, it just ends up being kind of dense, you know, and people look at it and they go, wow, if this dude says the thinker again, I'm going to set this book on fire, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. so that's why we like to take an hour a week to tease it out and get into that dense stuff and like... Lay it all out on the table and make it all interesting and juicy. Well, bring it to the people, you know. I mean, Patty has her culinary peccadillos, apparently, when it comes to critical thinking metaphors. (laughs) But for me, I really want to bring it to the people. I want uh, you guys to talk back to us. I want you to really consider this stuff and see if there's any value at all for it for your own thinking because we, as critical thinking professionals or whatever, I mean, we get paid for critical thinking stuff all the time. We think that if you took some of the stuff seriously that we're talking about in this show, if you thought in a deep and organized way about a lot of these things, then you would stand a chance of improving your thinking, even if you couldn't care less about critical thinking. Wow. And we really hope you have not turned the dial. 
we hope that you do care and you have not turned the dial and been like, who are these clowns, right? Like, right. Right. We want you to stay with us, especially because today's topic is super fun. And there is no reason to believe we are not simultaneously clowns. Yes. Right. Yes. Some people might say we are. Yeah. Some people would say that we are a lot of things that we can't say on the air. Yeah. Speaking of which, today's show is about profanity, which we cannot say on the air. Although, dig this, Ruth. Profanity! Profanity! <laughs> profanity! <laughs> oh my God. So we did. We did say we oh. used we used profanity wow. in a sentence For, on the air. Yeah, you can tell he's a philosopher, can't you, folks? Well, yeah. And I, I, you know, I feel like it's important to give a call out to our our censor Ruth, um, who is one of the keeps us on the straight. One and of the beating hearts of forward radio. Yeah, I mean, Ruth. we couldn't do anything in this thing without Ruth. But uh, she is quick to say when maybe some of my rhetoric has crossed a line. For the good of everyone. It's because, you know, she's concerned with the public good and the well-being of forward radio. I support that. I think that's absolutely legitimate. I'm trying, Ruth. I'm trying to keep them them going here. Yeah, so Ruth, I tell you, this show is going to make you nervous. Um, this particular time around, and so I just want to apologize ahead of time because there's there's almost no way that's not going to happen. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on. Have faith in your own obedience to FCC regulations. Oh, whoa. Now, the FCC won't let me be or let me be me. So, anyway, I'm sorry. I, this is the wrong. Whatever that was was the wrong thing. Also should be censored heavily. Okay. I think everyone knows that. All right. Well, I think I better take the mic here and get <laughs> she us go, started. She goes, security! <laughs> security! Okay. All right. Well, uh, first thing I want to do, as I like to do with a new topic, is just kind of like check on, on some of your assumptions about the research on profanity. Oh, oh. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about an assumption that I have about the research about profanity that is sitting on this table in front of me right yes, now. Yes, yes. It is driven by your salacious interests in the half-naked dude in the picture in the article. Oh, okay, first of all, if people are wanting to know what this is, this is an Adobe stock photo. Of like, it looks like a guy. Oh, I thought it was a weightlifter, but it's just a guy tearing off his shirt and ang- I mean, he has this angry look like he's shouting some profane words. As a, as a critical thinker, I would like to say he is he is almost definitely also a weightlifter. Okay, yeah. yeah all right, sure, sure. all right. You don't, you... <laughs> wow, <laughs> There's Brian's, no question about that. Wow, this guy's, Brian, this guy's are a you weightlifter. feeling insecure much? No, no, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm simply saying he is, there is definitely... There are yeah. definitely marks of weightlifting on yeah. this gentleman. Yeah, okay. Or Photoshop. So, I'm not saying there isn't Photoshop. It could be. The title of this article, folks, for those who are interested, it's but from... But his hair is perfect. It's from... <laughs> My God. That I does am, look Photoshop. I am a little bit that is jealous of that hair, I have to say. Um, big... It's from a website called BigThink.com, which is one of my new favorites, as you know. I know it. And the article is called, Why Does Swearing Make Us Stronger? This is fresh, juicy research just published April 23rd, 2022. So I understand. Okay, so now, I mean, you might still like the photo. I'm not saying you don't because, I mean, it's a nice photo. But... But I am I am seeing what the photo has to do with the article now. So maybe the intention is that this dude is he needs to tear his shirt off. We right. don't know why. And he doesn't actually look like that. He's just Well, like he does when he's swearing. Oh, I see. I think he's probably screaming a profanity right now and in order to rip his shirt off, which buff. is important. It might be toxic yeah. to him. It might yeah. be a dangerous shirt. 
Wow. Yeah, you we don't really know. Are getting, you're really getting Well, it does say that it is It is suggesting it says, that swearing makes us it stronger. It says, why does swearing make us stronger? Question mark. Because I think that if I tried to tear my shirt in that way, <laughs> oh my God. I think it would be very difficult. <laughs> oh, my God. But well, maybe if I, if if I you was were, very profane. If You know what? If you were... Okay, there's a button. Down. Or if I lifted some there's weights, ever. There's a button ever. down right there. I want you to put it on, <laughs> and I want you to try swear. I want you to try to tear. If you had two button downs, we'd do this. Is what we do. Uh-huh. We'd have you tear it off while uh-huh. saying a nonsensical word, uh-huh. and I'd film it, and then we'd have you put on another one, and we'd have you tear it off this time using profanity, and I'd film that, and then we would compare like how well you shredded or tore off the two shirts, but it needs to be the same shirt. Okay. So okay. that would that would be kind of like a test. That's uh, pretty. It's pretty scientific of you. Well, that's yeah. kind of what the study. And about. if you'd like to see us start an OnlyFans where I tear shirts off, <laughs> that would support Forward Radio, and we would be willing. I think. Well, I would. Wow. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I would. Is it extra to have you swear when doing it? Or oh yeah, that's a different tier. Maybe <laughs> I think I don't know. Do they have tiers? I'm thinking of Patreon. I, don't know. I mean, support us. Like whatever it is. Come on, this is for wow. science and better thinking. Wow. Okay. Um, so that's an right. idea. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's get back to the issue at hand, which is the okay. research on using profanity. Oh, before we get back to the issue at hand. <laughs> yes. If you want us to do anything in this regard, you should reach out to us at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. Someone please reach out to us. Please, someone reach out to us. Really? And if you're just reaching out to say, Brian, stop interrupting Patty when she's about to go to a new topic, that would be validating for Patty. Please. Please, maybe I'll reach out to us on, on Facebook with that. I would accept that if I saw a third party you show up. That would be enough for me. To... Anyway, so we're moving on. All right, we're moving on. Okay, first question is, how long have humans been swearing? How long has swearing been been in our in our vocabulary? Well, I mean, I mean research well, say? so I want to know, is it the case that they're saying that swearing is words? Because it seems to me that if pre-literate humans stub their toe, they might still utter an angry sound. I, and so is that... I can't answer that because it gives away the answer. Oh, so man. knowing that... This then... kind of inquiry is the value of critical <laughs> thinking. You just demolish the entire structure <laughs> with one well-placed question about profanity. But instead of showing that you don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I said up front I didn't know. No, no, no. See, that's the value of it is I don't have to know. It, it just, the, the system oh dismantles gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Power, Humans power have thinking. been swearing since the emergence of language. Well, but again, what if, okay. you, what if you went, ugh? Like, is that? No, it does, that doesn't count. Ugh! That doesn't count. That doesn't count. It doesn't count. count. No. Okay. And guess how common it is. What percent? Now, I want you to think about this, and you have to reason through. You can't just give a percentage. Since language. Since language. All right. But okay, but here's the question, and you have to reason this out loud before you answer. I'm ready. I'm ready. Evidence suggests what percent of the population swears sometimes or often. Okay, sometimes. What percent of the population swears sometimes or often? The methodology of this question sucks. I just want to say that up front. So it's asking me to answer two questions at once. Um, so, uh, well, sometimes or often, meaning if it's a scale okay. on the sc- side of the scale that's, okay. yes, I swear sometimes or often. What I percent? Gotcha. What percent? Think through your answer. It would seem to me that there is probably a relatively small number of adults yeah. who avoid 
profanity altogether. Yeah. In fact, let's do that one first. Oh. What percent said never? Never. Or rarely. What percent said never? You um, said you said so. Yeah, let's do yeah, that one the, first. What? I mean, I mean, ten percent or Va- less. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. it's ten percent. Wow. Okay, okay. Look at you go. Yeah, I know. I know about profanity. <laughs> I'm not going to let you relax, Ruth. No, no. We're only we're only 11 minutes in. Go ahead. All right. Okay, okay. 10%. You got that one, ding, ding, ding. Woo! Okay, so then what person yeah! swears sometimes or often? I mean, I mean 80, per, 80, 80 to 90%. Oh, 58. Come on, liars. 58. All right. Oh, can you believe 58%? Only 50? That seems so low. It seems low. That seems really low. Although if you say often. Maybe they transpose often. the number. Often? 80? Yeah, often. Well, maybe not often. often. Maybe, but people. You're often. You, you, you swear <sighs> often. See, we should be nervous. <laughs> Anything could happen. I'm like a, a okay. powder keg. Most often so it's 58%, which seems low to me. Most often, it is the swear word itself that is considered taboo rather than the semantic meaning it conveys. That's right. That's right. That's why. So explain it, that. Yeah. Explain that. So if we're talking about the S word. Right. Okay. Right. Snake. No, the S word, the swear word. Super. That's a common stop. Why? What do they mean is considered taboo rather than the semantic meaning it conveys? So it means that you can be angry in a way or you can be disgusted in a way yeah. where you want to use this word for what? Filth or refuse or something that is low Excrement. class. Yeah. You can use, you want to use that word, but as long as you say excrement yes. instead of shh. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're good because the taboo is in the utterance of the actual profane word instead of my aggressive, antisocial, problematic, otherwise use destructive oh. use and feeling surrounding this thing. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So they they example they use is talking about sexual intercourse by itself is not considered swearing. However, the F word is a well-recognized swear word considered very severe sure. by 71% of the population. Sure. I would say the F word only refers to sex if you want it to. Like culturally, that could just be an utterance that is offensive. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, 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 Fascinating. Well, it's, it, it, it's one of those interesting concepts, actually, that has a kind of genetic quality such that it has broken away from its original meaning and it has taken on sort of a meaning of its own that is um, that has no reference to sexual activity whatsoever, right? right? And right. and it breeds its own meaning, right? Which once again does not refer back to any of that. So right, fascinating. Yeah. I okay, think so. so they, yeah. and, and the fact that they're taboo—that's a really important part of the research that we're going to talk about. Okay. So this. So now that we've established some of the core information about these words and some, you know, percentages around people who, who, who use sometimes or often. This research um, uh, from Big Think says that um, some scientists recently found that repeating a swear word has shown to dull painful sensations. Huh. And and it's I want to it's huh. really fascinating when I tell you because this has been repeated this this research that's one has been, heck of a placebo I know uh-huh. okay so um, this is what they did this is so interesting okay so 
the uh, and this has been numerous. It's been you know repeated. Okay, okay. so it wasn't okay. just a one-time thing. All right, hit us. Richard Stevens, a senior lecturer in psychology at Keele University. I'm not sure where that is. Okay. Sounds like it's in the UK, but I don't know. Demonstrated that swearing dulls the perception of physical pain and yeah boosts strength. Okay. Okay. In his experiments, which have been replicated, as I said, he asked subjects to immerse their hands in ice-cold water for as long as possible while repeating either a choice swear word, a neutral word, or a made-up curse word. Okay? Uh So those were the three. Yeah, sure, those are the options, right. In instances where participants used real swear words, they were able to keep their hands immersed by, guess how much longer, what percent longer, if... What do you think? If they put their hand in what water percent? longer than if I they mean, used a made-up word. Yeah, we're okay. So, so just to be clear, it's a real curse word versus like one that they already know is a real curse word, versus like a, a made neutral up. word or a made up, like like. Yeah, no, know, I got it. I got it. Okay, we don't. Vavoom, right, or whatever. Just, just Ruth is nervous. Okay, just don't, yeah. Don't, okay, don't, don't say, say any of the words. Loud. Okay. Um, For so, how much longer could they keep their hands in? I'm going in. Thirty percent. Thirty-three. Wow, you are good today. That's because I just used a cold reading technique. I think they probably just made that number up. I'm skeptical 30, as I can possibly 33% be. 33% longer and reported that it took longer for them to feel any pain at all. How many people in the study? Um, let's six. see. Hold on. No. Six people no. in the study. No. Six, six people hold on, reported. Hold on. Um, One of them reported 130%. <laughs> the others reported No, I need 10%. to look up the number here. Yeah. But, That's uh, okay. We, listen, just, we, we don't so know. Probably this is, thousands. This is the other thing. He also yeah. has subjects cycle as hard as they can, hold a push-up position to exhaustion, or squeeze a hand dynameter as forcefully as possible okay. to measure grip strength. Okay. Again, while repeating a swear word or sure. a neutral word in a calm voice. Cursing consistently boosted physical performance in all the challenges between 5 and 10%. Dude, I am so skeptical Wait. of that. Having cursed during these activities so yes. often myself. But you didn't have a control group, though, did you? I had the United States military. <laughs> were you allowed, when you were in boot camp and you were doing stuff, were you allowed to curse? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, and people did all the time? Oh, sure. And that as long as you didn't them... as long as you didn't call the drill sergeant a curse. But you could just be like, "Oh, S-word." Oh, yes, and and often the leadership would agree with you if it was if it was particularly appropriate. <laughs> yeah. They would agree. So that actually makes I mean, you couldn't just do it in a formation or I mean, there would be reason. Right, you, yeah. But, but if it was the right, right place and sure, and sure. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, so they're sure, actually sure. making a stronger fighting force the US Army by allowing you all to curse. Oh, they've always known that. So, there's not, yeah. that, I mean, since George Washington, I, there's no question that. about that. I think that's there's there, there's some kind of a manual about that. Right. So this is what he says. All right. The obvious explanation which Stevens initially explored is that using foul language excites us, perhaps due to its culturally taboo nature. Okay. He did not see any measurable cardiovascular or nervous system arousal when subjects were swearing, with no clear changes in heart rate, skin conductance, or blood pressure. Yeah. Then how? So he's saying it's psychological. So, but I'm just wondering, like, so, so he's saying, so he's saying, right? I just want to get this right. Right. So, so I'm doing push-ups. Right. And I'm imagining in this, because we don't have right. millions of dollars to spend on this research. Right. I'm imagining that if I have you, Patty, come in to do this push-up research, yeah. I'm going to have you do all of the sets of push-ups that we're going to test you on today. Okay. So let's say we're going to have three sets of push-ups. Right. 
One of them with you saying an actual curse word. One of you saying this made-up curse word. Right. And one of you saying this neutral, neutral, neutral word. word. Right. Dog or something or right. whatever or you car, agree. Or whatever whatever yeah. you agree is yeah. neutral, right? So we're going to do that. But it would matter, number one, how many push-ups you were doing. Number two, how long between the sets. Number three, your level of physical fitness. Because what he's suggesting here is, some, is something like this, that we wait... Until we assume that in every set of push-ups, let's say the three sets of push-ups, that every time Patty is just giving it her level best for science, for the sake of gosh darn science, Patty is doing this, right? And so the first one, she's got this made-up curse word right? that she's just saying over and over again like a mantra, right? some goofy word, right? right? And you do as many push-ups while you're fresh. Yeah. That's your fresh set. Your second set is the neutral word. Well, I just wait, hold on. Your second set's the neutral word. Right. Right. And you do however many you do. Either you're a little warmed up, so maybe you do yeah. a little more, or maybe yeah. you're a little fatigued, depending yeah. on your level of fitness, whatever. So we can maybe we can account yeah. for all that. Your third set, it's it's probably the case, unless they brought in all the dudes okay. from the army or whatever. I mean, it's probably the case that you're going to do less in that third set going all out than you know than you did in the one of those first two sets. But if you're doing the curse word, yeah, you're going to do more because it's psychosomatic. He, this is what he says. Let, well, let me be a little saying. more Isn't specific. But yeah. yeah, let me okay. yes, let me be a little more specific. Okay. It has a disinhibiting effect. Sure Swearing does. is generally discouraged, so doing it can be psychologically liberating, subconsciously allowing us to push past ingrained physiological barriers. An athlete knows that physical fatigue exists as much in the brain as in the body. Yeah, but I'm wondering. So, so I'm so I'm running the marathon. Yeah. And I'm I've already cried a couple of times. Yeah. I'm in the 20 yeah. miles somewhere. Right. I'm totally fatigued. Yeah. You know, people. The elderly right. are passing me. I'm very frustrated. And so I start to curse legitimately. Right. And this yeah. this would be a strategy for me to kick char kick up my right. my final few miles, get myself back. Yeah, yeah. Cursing would help you. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the brain science. There's just a lot, there's just a lot to take in here. I'm not <laughs> sure because I'm wondering, so so would we suggest I mean, I'm just coming up with these scenarios that I wonder about, like like if we had a the, one of those ten percent who never curse, right? right? If, we, if we got if we got them into some competitions with some of these people who are just like that's all they do is curse, then oh, maybe that would be really interesting. And maybe the ten percent at that point are actually substantively a little bit better at the activity. Wow. Right? Wow. Could these mediocre performers curse their way into a championship without just disturbing the ten percent who okay. don't care? Like they have to do it to That's themselves. That's kind of fascinating. Themselves. I can see. I can see if you were going to be a brain scientist, or yeah. Brian, a yeah. Brian brain yeah. scientist. Yeah. This this would be an area I think that would intrigue you oh, personally. The, the I think things would, that I would study. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. It would be fascinating. Well, let me let's go a little nerdy about the brain science, okay? Let's okay. let's talk about this. All right. Linguist, linguist Benjamin Bergen, another B2, okay. like oh, Ryan Barnes. Yep, Benjamin Bergen. Benjamin Bergen of the Cognitive Science Department at UC San Diego. He has a new book. It's called What the F? What Swearing Reveals About Our Language, Our Brains, and Ourselves. 
He makes the case that there's something neurological behind the power and pleasure of profanity. Mm. He presents evidence that swear words come from and please a very particular region of the brain mm. separate from the areas that govern speech. And hold on to your F words because <laughs> wait till you hear some of this. Okay. So damage right. to the two regions in the brain's left hemisphere, uh -huh. which is called Broca's area. Uh -huh. Okay, that's this, this part over here on the left. All right, all right produces words and Wernicke's area which is your built-in user dictionary okay, okay? that's okay. your dictionary that right. your language draws from okay yeah. have been seen seems like to result like together. if you damage this it results in okay. a, a physics yeah who can't talk normally yeah. anymore okay sure, sure. but they sure can spontaneously swear oh yeah okay. so like you might after smashing your finger with a hammer okay so they talk about, a, for example, a priest who suffered a stroke in 1843, and all he could do was curse. So his brain was drawing vocabulary. His brain was damaged. Huh. And so huh. they say, well, how did this happen? So it appears that now that the swearing comes from the right hemisphere of the brain and the basal ganglia. Okay. This insight comes from the case of a different priest. What is it with priests? Who lost their ability? What is it with priests? Yes, <laughs> lost there's his a ability there. to swear yeah. when his basal ganglia was damaged. Okay. They're not even supposed to be swearing anyway. But what's especially interesting <laughs> about this finding is that this is an ancient primitive area of the brain uh -huh. that has to do with emotional responses as well as motor control. Uh -huh. So sufferers of Tourette syndrome that involves involuntary shouted profanities have damaged basal ganglia. See, he's able to kind of show. That, that comes from a different part of the brain. Yeah, but yeah. here's what gets me. He All says, right. hardwiring of profanity to the brain's emotional center is fascinating, right? Maybe the taboo thrill of profanity is just icing on the cake. Maybe profanity is just the language of our emotions. All right? Hmm. Most people who enjoy words and value an expansive vocabulary have an appreciation for well-used profanity. All right. And Bergen's book-length Love Letter to Profanity isn't all science. Now, now, this is, I'm a little skeptical about this. Tell okay. me what you think. All right. He says that you can learn in this book that the Japanese don't have any swear words at all. Uh, Forcing, now, I, you uh, as someone who knows a lot about Japanese culture. Uh, I don't think that's, I mean, yeah. I, I've heard that. I heard that the first time I was studying Japanese. Really? But there's plenty of profane Japanese. Let me. So, for example, okay. <laughs> you're not going to use just it. Kidding, uh... Ruth, just kidding, Ruth. Just, just sit back you down. You got her. You okay. got her. Got her going. again. You got her. All right. No, but there are there is profane Japanese. I mean, really? I've, yeah. Okay. Well, according to this article, it says that people Japanese people who have Tourette's they shout childhood words for genitalia. They are the people they studied are old. Think that's what it is generational yes. thing yes because the because people from the modern japanese vernacular will acknowledge that there are plenty there of are? there's a variety of um impolite wow. japanese phrases and terms that are culturally inappropriate some of which i think would I mean, would it qualify as profanity in the same way that, like, the F word or that SH word qualifies as profanity? I'm not sure about that because I'm not a Japanese linguist, per se, but I will say that there are plenty of 
profane phrases and turns of and turns in, of phrase in, in modern Japanese okay. that like my grandfather's generation, you know, he's 95 now. Those people would not know those phrases, right? Okay. And they wouldn't have that. And maybe even a little younger generation might not as well. Okay. I that felt a little that claim felt a little um maybe not it's quite It's just accurate. my opinion. This okay. person we published the an Bergen. article. We have published he published a book. A book. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So I find, though, don't and tell me if you don't find this to be true at also. Okay. I'll have to if look. I'm working out or tr- exerting physical effort, swearing yep. Yep. or some kind of like verbal outburst yep. actually can give me like help me with a burst of energy. Yeah, verbal outburst I don't have yeah. a problem with. But I mean, in my experience, that can be, you know, just a Doesn't. just a syllable. It can be um, like an expulsion. Uh, yeah, it can be that kind know. of thing. It can be an expulsion of air. It really? can be, really? it can be any word at all. Frankly, I, I think we should find a way to test. It'd be really interesting to test this. Sure. So. If any of our friends in brain sciences want to come up with a test, Patty is ready to be profane. Well, I was going to offer both of us as subjects. Patty is ready to offer We're other both. people for <laughs> experimentation. Because you seem someone who really appreciates a good curse word. Like you appreciate a well-placed, a well-placed. curse word is, yeah. is a beautiful thing in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, yeah. you're, you're definitely a, I don't know if I'd say connoisseur. Oh, it's nice of you. But... Yeah. <laughs> Flattered. Well, my grandmother might say, I tell you, you know, growing up, I was yeah. constantly berated for using profanity. You were? Constantly. Really? Yeah, because um, because it was, um, you know, low class. And also... Your, your grandmother did that? Uh, she, my parents, parents thought it was low class, even though they cursed plenty themselves. They didn't want you doing <laughs> it. Really? But yeah, but yeah, um, it was, it was, and, and my grandparents' position, all of my grandparents' position was, um, you're, you're so educated, you should be what? able to use other words that are not offensive to others. I see. Like these words are offensive when other people hear them. And so if you want to convey that concept, you should be able to come up with a way of saying it that is not offensive to others around you. Got it. Okay. Well. Thus making me look bad. <laughs> I think was I think that was the well, subtext. Well, but you could have said it yeah. made you stronger. Now, if you knew this research, you could have been like, well, it makes me more buff. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I'm they sure, probably I'm, wouldn't have. Well, they wouldn't that. have liked that. No, no? I think no. I think they um, I think they, they wanted uh, a, a more genteel Brian. Yeah, they were trying to like yeah. shape you and help you grow up to be the kind of person they wanted you to be. Well, and, and be I, your best self. Well, and That's again, they, they well they wanted someone. They wanted me to be someone who would not violate cultural taboos. Okay. Like they were serious about these things are off limits and one of them was often profanity. But I tell you, at the same time, you know, in the right context, all of them would laugh at profanity. Like the the well placed like the well like they would like giggle or laugh even if they thought it was a little inappropriate. Yeah, some of it. Now of course there were, you know, like when you start to get into like the realm of professional comedy, my family almost uniformly found that to be in terrible taste. Oh. Right. And some of the, there were a few exceptions, but much of it in terms of stand up and that kind of thing really? was considered to be in very bad taste. But um, they also saw the value of it for sort of pushing the free speech issues. Like, you know, some people might remember Lenny Bruce from back in the day. You know that kind of thing, like pushing free speech through the the, the comedy stage. Um, you know that. So there, so there might still be important issues 
surrounding profanity, but just to use it as a careless utterance. I see. Is, I see. Is low class, they would say. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't really remember those conversations. I didn't really have those conversations because I didn't really swear when I was really? growing you up. You didn't swear? Well, not around not? my parents. Not, not around my parents. Why not? Because they would have smacked you? No, because it was just, you know, I think just the message was like, we just don't do that. So so they instilled it even older. more deeply in yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, <Okay>. Tom, <laughs> she can't even describe it. She can't even, it's it's, it's in so, her somewhere deeply. It's in there. Nice work. Okay, all, all right. right. Well, this is some really interesting research. You're going right. to love this next one. Yeah. This research is also from Big Think, and it says, do we find people who swear more on? who swear more honest research says yes yeah you know i've seen these kinds yes. of research studies before and, and i have not read one of them really and i'm i'm interested to see what it has to say okay. the in case you're interested patty does uh, a thing that um, is a little bit new to me but she brings in these pieces of research and they always have like a very large picture as the first thing yeah. in the research and so oh. some of you are probably wondering since I mentioned the last one with the um, with the uh, weightlifter tearing, tearing his shirt off, right? This one seems to have, well, this is a female presenting individual who seems to have a middle finger blurred out, yeah, uh, toward like the camera, like, and she may be enunciating the meaning of the middle finger yeah, at the her, same time. Right, her mouth, she's mid utterance. Her mouth is like mid utterance, and she has a finger up, but it's blurred, so you can't really see which one. But you yeah. can infer. Yeah, yeah. You can infer. Yeah. So if this was yeah. if this was Japanese pornography, this would be the genitalia. <laughs> you see how I said no profane words, but you can still convey. My grandmother would be proud. Wow, your grand. Okay. Yeah, so here is this late breaking research. I say late breaking, but what was this? This was oh, I'm sorry, not late breaking. 2017. Sorry. Oh wow, just sorry. burn it. Sorry. Burn it. Now a three part study was concluded with the appropriately titled paper, Frankly, We Do Give a Damn, The Relationship Between Profanity and Honesty. That word, by the way, is not on the list. No, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. And it's published in the Journal of Psychological and Personality Science. That sounds like an interesting journal. And what they, they think found, so. the scientists <laughs> a lot of personality. found, so <laughs> this is from the Department of Work and Psychology in Ma Maastricht University in the Netherlands. Okay? Maastricht. Maastricht mm -hmm. University in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. This, what the scientists found was that people are more likely to swear to express themselves rather than to use the swearing as an attack on others. Interesting, while liars were more likely to use third-person pronouns or negative words, honest people were more likely to resort to profanity. So interesting. What does so that if, mean? Can so you if you're example? swearing, like if you're insulting someone else, I see. you would use... You're you a Maastricht. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. honest people were more likely to resort to profanity. They would just say Maastricht. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The study gotcha. consisted of analyzing responses of 276 people on their use of swearing and their degree of honesty in various situations. Mm -hmm. In particular, mm -hmm. the subjects were asked to relate how often they curse their favorite swear words and their emotions <laughs> during such moments. <laughs> 
I wish I could fill out that survey. It's, it sounds like a joy. Doesn't, doesn't that it? sound yeah, like a great survey? We're, we're just bubbling over here. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just make a survey for you to do it just for fun. Just, oh just, yeah, just for your well, fun. Well, for all, not just for me, for all yeah. of us. Yeah. Additionally, the study looked at status updates. This is really funny. Status updates of seventy-three thousand Facebook users around okay. the world. Okay. Investigating the frequency of profanity as okay. well as pronouns that have been linked by previous studies to lying. They found that people who use profanity were generally more honest in Facebook status updates. Isn't that? But you can't wait a wait a methodological (laughs) second. (laughs) Is the assertion that I am able to crunch the word choices of Facebook posts in order to determine whether the poster is telling a truth or a lie? And then they are using that assumption to then go and crunch some other data? Well, it sounds like they're asking other people to assess whether that statement by another person is, are they lying or not? But So it's how people perceive other people. But we don't know if it's no. a lie or not. No, we don't. So this no. is this what is we perception. call Maastricht <laughs> in the vernacular. <laughs> Well, there's much Maastricht in academia and not just in the Netherlands. There's wow. a bucket of it. I hope nobody from the university is listening to this show. <laughs> I that hope would they be are. very we would, insulting. We would love to send you a mug and you can send us one. And then we can you can curse in our name while we curse in yours. This won't last. We Unless you actually contact us, there's no way this happens in another show. It'll just be in this one. But if you contact us, oh man, I'm getting t-shirts. Okay, you you have to do that now. You just said it on air, so you're going to have to do it if they contact you. Yeah, oh yeah, I would love it if somebody (laughs) from Maastricht contacted us about my... um, uh, What? My intonation? My use of their... University. My use, yes, of their my name. university well, name. Well, it 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 seems to convey the right sentiment. You should know about the assumptions that native English speakers have about Germanic-sounding words. You know we have these um, these terribly unfair stereotypes that I'm playing off of. I mean, whoever you are there in wow. in that university. Well, um, wow. Okay. Look, this is learning, but it's also entertainment. I mean, and, it's a and little edu- edutainment, as they we're, say. We're, edu- we're edutaining right now. <laughs> All right, well, let me, please, let me finish giving you some words from the researcher, okay? Oh, Could are there you more just words? Listen? Yeah. Do tell. There are two ways of looking at it. You might think if someone is swearing a lot that this is a negative social behavior seen as a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. So if someone swears, they're probably a bad person as well. On uh-huh. the other hand, mm-hmm. they are not filtering their language, so they're probably also not putting their stories out about what is going on through a similar filter, which might turn them into untruths. In other words, they're saying, if I'm unfiltered and I'm swearing, then people perceive me as being more truthful because they unconsciously can assume, well, if she's swearing and letting her guard down, whatever else she's swearing about must be true. That's what they're saying the perception is. I understand that. That's just the biggest pile of monsters I have have heard in a while. That is what we seem to land on in the study, that people who use the language that come to mind first are less likely to be playing games with the truth. Oh, look, the co-author is from University of Cambridge. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Well, then, okay. Yeah, I retract retract my earlier statement. It's obviously true. No, listen, I mean, this is absolutely crazy in my view. 
because we're just making assumptions. This is one of those things like it must be a space-going cigar. I tell you. <laughs> I mean, the big think must be the spot for grabbing this stuff or whatever. But it's just it's so like, like the questions don't get answered here. You know, there are like more questions as we go, um, because 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 it seems like the methodology is. So I mean, I mean, I'm just. It just seems to me. So let me just get this. What? Okay. So so we're not doing this. We're not doing critical thinking. We're doing an art appreciation journal. Okay. Okay. We're gonna and we're gonna educate other people about art. Okay. And what's good art and what and what's bad yeah, art. Right. So what we're gonna do is. We're going to go and we're going to have some people look at art. And we're not actually going to ask them if they think that it's good art or bad art. We're going to have them look at art and then write something about that art. And then other people are going to look at what they wrote and try to determine whether they think those people like that art or didn't like that art. And then we're going to make a study about that. That just strikes me as the most... Mm aggressive game of telephone yeah, and well, quite frankly you think it's shoddy research it's a large pile of mestre <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know I that i don't know nobody is listening from this universe the problem is the problem God. is with this kind of thing as a critical thinking person my problem yeah. is that just whenever there's yeah. this kind of methodology certainty is is just like ignored. Like there's no effort. It, it's sort of like they said, look at this thing that happened. And so we're going to take this thing that happened that really doesn't conclude anything and we're going to build a theory off of it and you can accept that or not. And I go, that's not, that's not well, truth or well, anything. That's just somebody's opinion from one pile of conjecture. Well, let me, let me read a little more, okay? Let me just give you a little more information, okay? Before oh, you, man. jury needs to stay out. I life, tell you. Okay? I, I, yeah. I'm... The researchers also conducted a study to compare integrity levels of American states with swearing frequency. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just, just wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just be, just. <laughs> American, like the United States? Yes. So hold on. So they, so Arkansas has a swearing level as a state. Swearing frequency. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my mistress! <laughs> to accomplish accomplish this, they relied on the 2012 integrity analyses of 48 U.S. states carried out by the Center for Public Integrity. Uh, okay. That report. I do like trans that organization. Okay. okay. That report measured transparency and accountability uh, in state governments. The okay. researchers correlated the state data to swearing scores of individuals from their Facebook study. Wait, I need my abacus. Hold on, wait. So I've got, wait, which call? Okay, so hold on, i got to flip another one. Okay. okay. And All right, found Facebook. a relationship between using more profanity and the integrity score of the state where that person lived. Okay. Okay. That's, wow. We got data. Wow. That is. Wow is exactly the way I feel right now. I feel, I, 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 my breath is taken so away. So in other words, what's the connection they're making here? between you, the integrity of your state, mm -hmm. and if you live there, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and the, uh, uh, of using more profanity, Frequ and the frequency, that's yeah. it, frequency of yeah. profanity, and wow. So we're only looking at Facebook, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. And swearing has also been linked to higher verbal intelligence by previous research. And if you're <laughs> on Facebook, you're already probably literate. Yes. Which puts you in a higher 
already a higher level of reported intelligence because the people who are illiterate aren't reporting. And then I'm just wondering who isn't on Facebook? Could it be, could it be hundreds of millions of Americans that aren't on Facebook? Like yeah. I just, yes. I wonder how many Americans are. are on Facebook. Like my, like my spouse, right? Not on Facebook. There's one right? out of 200 There's million. One. I'm just wondering like, like how does that like, how many it? people are not on Facebook oh, in the U S there have to be a, a huge number. Yeah. That would be, yeah, actually that, yeah. And then the researchers do warn that honesty is a, in expression and honesty as an individual are not necessarily one and the same. Right, because my great-grandmother's on Facebook too, and I don't right. want to say these terrible things right. in front of her. Right, You can read the paper online, see? Here's oh. where you could read the paper. Well, you know, would I'll, you give it a I'll get fair, to it. Would you give it a fair review? I would give it a fair review. They wouldn't like it. I'm reviewer number four. These things don't make it in the journals that I'm looking at. This thing would never, like, I would be blocking this thing for six years. They keep sending it back. I'm like, but the methodology is trash. Oh, oh my gosh. That's the way I feel about it. Wow, you just knocked over the lamp. Well, the lamp, the lamp understands. Understands bad. You know, the lamp can take Research it, I think. Practices. This is not the first time the lamp has fallen in the wow. name of truth. Wow, I wonder, look, Department of Work and Psychology in Maastricht University makes me wonder what, what some, I'm curious more about what kinds of research they do. Well, that's true. I mean, if it's a, I mean, yeah. it, it makes you wonder, is it an academic department? Is it a think tank? Is it something yeah. that's funded for? Yeah these purposes. Yeah. How many people are in the department? Well, and, and again, I mean, research is research. You know, if, if the stuff gets published, the stuff gets published, and there are all kinds of places, you know, where different kinds of methodologies are well received and accepted. It's just, here's my concern, because I'm sure that many of you have heard me knock lamps over before <laughs> in the name of critical thinking, especially about some of this research we look at on the show. Here's my position, and friends, you can take it or leave it. Patty, for the most part, leaves it, but I'm just telling you, this is where I'm at, since I'm the one that sort of in yeah. in, has you know yeah. a bee in my bonnet, if you will. Um, it is, we're looking for certainty. We're not looking for sound bites. We're not looking for uh, impressions. We're not looking for some inkling of an idea that we can then run with and turn into a full-blown fabrication. Like, we're looking for as close to certainty as we can get. So when I look at a study and I can say, this isn't representative, like, this is in no way representative of, like, the people who live in Arkansas, right? right? Or right. And I mean, that other study wouldn't have been either, the one it's based on. Like, this is not representative of human beings because there isn't a big enough, really, sample to look at, and the methodology has lots of little problems. When I see those kinds of things, I'm saying for us to then turn around and say this is what's true based on this, often there's almost nothing true based on this. Like based on this stuff, an objective viewer or an objective reader who's not just looking at um, whatever's going to get them a higher rating in the uh, publication database mm -hmm. or something like that, I mean, they're going to look at this and go, well, that doesn't tell me anything. Like it's 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 almost like it's it's not even an interesting yeah, anecdote. I think in some I cases. I think I also though want to say that you and I have learned over the years though that sometimes the hot take or the even 
more attempting to be thoughtful take on the actual research is simplifying the actual research. And when you click on oh, the... Oh, yeah, sure. You know, so it makes me wonder, what sure. does this article leave out about sure. the research, sure. the Maastricht, Maastricht University? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's you always know? worth looking at it. I mean, I guess, I guess that is true, but I have to say, I mean, if the... What I would learn, what I would want to learn is if I went to this article and I found out that the big think had represented the actual process that was involved in this study right. accurately, right? Then, then I would have no interest in reading further. Wow. But if I thought that, okay, well, they really didn't. They didn't capture they the didn't nuances. They didn't quite get this. Yeah. There, are, there are important things. Because sometimes sometimes there are, but yes. But I tell you, a lot of times there, a lot of times there also aren't. Like, like, I mean, How do they get past the peer reviewers, do you think? Because most of the peer reviewers are probably very interested in, usually peer reviewers, as you know, are in an area and you like certain approaches to the work and yeah, you don't maybe like others. you have a, like a little unconscious bias that you're... I think there's tons of unconscious yeah. bias in the peer review process. Mm -hmm. Feel free to fight me at Critical Thinking for Everyone. But in my yeah. experience of peer review process, it's, I mean, it's idiosyncratic. And, yeah. you know, you can try to make it objective if you want, but there's still people oh, with I'm... preferences out there looking at this stuff. And sometimes, you know, it's never going to go through. And if you, you want to fight Brian, I will be happy to turn it into an experiment where you use <laughs> curse words or you use a neutral word. And I would love to see, like, if Brian's performance in that fight varies or you, listener, you're, you're, I'd be so curious. Huh. I think everybody would be interested in that. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another study, I'm not going to go into the details, but it's the Archives of Physiotherapy. Uh -huh. They actually found that swearing in a physical therapy setting mm -hmm. actually helps people with their performance in the fit. Like if they can be like, oh, and they can like use a curse word. But, but actually found that sometimes that release of that that uh, energy helps them perform better in physical therapy. Is it therapy. the same thing as the other one where they did... A test against nonsense words and oh, um, let me see. Or let do, me see. Or do utterances count let in this see. one? Um, it said. Um, uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to find. Hold on, everyone. everyone uh, for hold station on. identification, this is <laughs> 106.5 FM WFMP Forward oh. Radio, Louisville, Kentucky. We're coming at you out of the Hayburn Building. You can check us out at forwardradio.org. Um, okay. Patty's ready. All right. So this is okay. Bear with me. I'm going to read this. It's really interesting. Swearing can modulate physical and social pain and increase physical performance. And they cite the article that we just talked about uh -huh. for physical performance. Okay. However, we don't yet know the mechanism by which swearing works. One study did not find measurable cardiovascular or auto, autonomic arousal effects with no clear changes in heart rate, etc. Therefore, increased muscular performance during swearing may be achieved by mechanism other than sympathetic activation. Distraction sure. of one's attention away from a painful stimulus is known to reduce pain perception. It may be that we are distracting ourselves when we swear, thereby decreasing our pain perception, right? It is possible that swearing-induced distraction produce the improved performance during this, these kind of grip tasks and other things they have people do. 
making it more tolerable to pedal hard and produce force while gripping. However, future research is required to determine the mechanism by which swearing is effective. Uh -huh. So they're noticing that swear that you can deep when you swear and you distract yourself, you decrease your perception of pain in that okay. moment. Okay. What swear word okay, so what swear word should be used to get these pain and physical performance improvements? Okay. It is advised to use a swear word that you would use in response to banging your head accidentally. Okay, what word would that be for you? Don't don't say the actual word, just say the euphemism. Shazbot! Nanu, nanu. Oh my god. If no clear swear words come to mind, the S word and F word are the two most common swear words and were used by many of the subject in the research showing the positive effects of swearing. Okay. There is evidence that a patient needs to use an actual swear word, not a made up or bad sounding word, to elicit the pain and physical performance improvements. Okay? One study discovered that pain tolerance and pain threshold improved in subjects that repeated the F word, but pain metrics did not improve when subjects repeated the made-up words Fouch or Twizpipe. <laughs> well, I can't imagine. Twizpipe! Oh, Twizpipe! I can't imagine why Twizpipe didn't work. <laughs> that is... I'm going to start using Twizpipe. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. <laughs> Twizpipe. Good Lord. I'm starting. Yeah, so we're going to start something with they this. They said it has to actually be the word to show I just don't think so. Twizpipe. Twiz we can't call her that either. That's not respectful. I can't use Twizpipe. So when do you anticipate the next time you are going to be in severe pain? <laughs> what? What are these questions? Is this like, no, am I Kreskin? What is this? Asking, I thought it was critical thinking show. I'm asking you because I want you to think about when you're going to be in pain and if you could use the word and you could just see how it feels you could test out some well the problem the problem is that for me a lot of times if i'm in severe pain it's it's relatively unexpected because i don't plan that kind of thing well, i don't know what happens at your house i could go but do, for me i'm I not could go do that. a wall sit and we could see how long and then i could is uh, that the kind of pain you're talking about it can be that kind of pain. That's not. It doesn't mean it. You know. Okay. Because I was thinking about surgery or something. Like I was like, I don't know if they do it right. I wouldn't hurt at all. Uh, um. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where would there be really? real pain? I guess I could go to a wall sit or some push-ups yeah, and could, just start could, to yeah start yeah. to scream out mm -hmm. nonsense words. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I was thinking when they were talking about being in pain and destruction, I was thinking about when I was in labor. Okay. And they have you count. Do you okay. remember that? Do you remember helping well, your spouse I, with counting? When I was in labor, I was... No, with your spouse with counting. <laughs> I was out of it. And they have yeah. you, like, counting in breath. And so part of yeah, the idea right. yep. is that yep. you're, like, mm -hmm. focused on that. And yep. it sort of helps control the sort of primal. Although, in my case, I love my... You know, I love my husband. But he's counting wrong. So I'm like, you're counting wrong. You're counting wrong. And so then I'm, like, you know, distracted by the fact that You won't give that guy a break wrong. at all. I mean, I come on. I in your own birth. Your own... I, your own delivery, yeah, he you're was correcting his counting. Wrong. He was counting too fast. He's a saint. He is a really yeah. good guy. He's... So he was counting too fast for your contractions? Yes. How was he supposed to know the right Because we cadence? practiced before. So they don't vary? I heard that they vary. Like they ask you how far <laughs> apart. I don't know. Well, you might have you might have needed to have a variety of songs you could have conjured up at a different actually, cadence. Actually, that might have been better. That yeah. might have been better. But right, I do well. feel bad because I was in tremendous amount of pain. And I'll bet. Well, I mean, yeah. you felt you don't feel bad. You felt bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't feel bad now. No, I don't oh, feel bad yeah, right okay. now. All no, right, good, but good. Um, I was thinking about that and like 
and or in times where you have to distract yourself from pain. Yeah. And that can actually, I guess the research shows, it actually does lessen your report, self-report on the level of pain. So okay. I think it's worth a try. <laughs> I think it's worth a try. That's all I'm saying. You just Let's like profanity. It. I do like profanity. Uh, Well-placed. She's well the one you need word. to look out for. Have you, how often do you think I swear? How many times have you heard me swear? How many times a day do you swear? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure it's several. I'm sure that in times of stress, you just mutter profanity under your breath to yourself. Yeah, you've heard yeah. me. You've heard me. You've heard me use profanity. I've have. I have. Yeah. There have been various service uh, instances, whether the airplane or the <laughs> rental car or the any number of other things, yes. where you go. Well, yeah. I have. A, there's an opportunity for a word here. Yeah, and I. Just, it's always surprising. I have to say, it is a little why? out of character when you when you're profane. Well, it is. I don't hear it very it's often. funny. You sh- it's funny you should say that because I'll never forget in my twenties a friend I had known all through high school. When I once I used a profane profane word, he yeah. was like, "Oh my God, I've never heard you swear before." He was yeah. just totally. I guess like, you were one of those people my grandmother was talking about. Found it very entertaining. Patty's smart enough to use different <laughs> words to express herself. <laughs> Sorry, Memo. Well, but you <clears throat> seem to be a little more uninhabited generally. You, mm. you, 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 your persona mm. is a little more uninhibited. Unkempt so. is the word you're searching for. No, but no, not They unkempt. probably go together. No. I just think, I find this whole line of research fascinating that, that profanity can actually, you know, be a source of distraction, less in pain. Uh, be satisfying. Sure, I, sure, I sure. just, I, I think, I think <clears throat> as a critical thinker, it's good to know that. It's good to be able to embrace what that means for you. You know, one of the things about critical thinking is that we want to use evidence and a rational process in order to arrive at what we think are the best conclusions. And so if that takes us into some mother <laughs> profanity... <gasps> Oh! If you hadn't heard the beep, you would gasp oh too. Oh my gosh! But that stuff's <laughs> for everyone. If you're gonna listen to the research, I encourage you to give it a try. Even you. <laughs> Patty doesn't even know what part of the show we're on right now. If I'd slapped her across the face, it wouldn't have been a stronger reaction than what we just got. And I guess that's why I guess that's why they don't let you say those things on the radio, because then people like wreck their car or whatever. Like, what? What did they say? Anyway, uh, anyway, it's it's a good experiment. I encourage you to try it at the dinner table tonight. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> As you go through your week, there may be shocking things. There might be, there might be a lot to think about. You might hear things that make you go, "What in the whatever?" Um, and we want you to give those things some good thought, and uh, we want you to share these ideas with others. And just remember, as you go forward, that critical thinking, and very likely, except for ten percent of you people, profanity. Might be for everyone. (laughs) Even you. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to the show. No FCC violations were created in the making of this show. As far as I know, thanks a lot to the station's leadership for being such good sports. Love you folks.
By the way, have you even thought about donating to Forward Radio in a couple of weeks? Uh, anytime or anywhere.